Hey, sister, can you believe it's episode 49? As we go into our Uncharted Sorority Summit weekend, we are not only celebrating one year of her sorority journey, but also one year of the Your Sorority Journey podcast. Next week on the podcast for our 50th episode, we will be celebrating the things that we have learned and the ways that we have grown from hosting a podcast over the past year. Thank you for being loyal listeners. We appreciate you more than you know. And we hope to have you join us for our virtual sorority summit Uncharted this weekend. To help you map out the most meaningful membership experience, you can register at our link in bio. But on the episode today, we have a new sister friend of mine, Kelsey Foster, talking about her entrepreneurship journey. Since starting her business with a friend of hers two years ago, she has learned many lessons in running a small business, the toll that takes on you emotionally, and the role sisterhood and relationships play in keeping up momentum and staying motivated. It was really sweet to relate with her on our entrepreneurship journeys. As I am celebrating being a business owner for one year this weekend, Kelsey's company, The Wear Collective, is also one of our giveaway sponsors on Sisterhood Day. Her company is giving away two pairs of handmade earrings to a lucky big little pair who wins the giveaway. Don't forget to register for Uncharted and enter the giveaways over the weekend to have a chance to win our awesome prizes. Here's my conversation with Kelsey. Hey sister, Cassie Little here to welcome you to your sorority journey, a podcast for sisters to find guidance and confidence in any season of their membership. Our rockstar guests and I have intentional conversations, discuss unpopular topics and provide relevant encouragement to be an extension of your sisterhood. So thanks for inviting us on your journey. Are you ready to dive in? Welcome to the Your Sorority Journey podcast. I am so excited to have you on. Definitely, um, we don't have small business owners on the podcast every day. So this is such a treat for me. Oh my gosh. No, it's my treat. Thanks for inviting me. I'm so excited. I love obviously chatting with you either way, but this is even more (laughs) special. So (laughs) yeah, Kelsey, when we were on the phone yesterday, we were both in quite the blizzard. How are you surviving the aftermath of the Denver storm that we've been in? You know, um, I haven't left my house, so I'm dealing with it just fine. Just looking through the window and seeing the mass amounts of snow. Um, it's a little daunting, but it's gorgeous today. I'm it's like blinding. Honestly, my window's open and I I had to close it because the sun was just ricocheting off the snow. It was beautiful. It's good. How about you? That's the wildest part that I found about living in Denver. And I know you've lived here for several years longer than I have, but it's gonna, it's like a whiteout yesterday and then blue skies and sunny, but you've got these mounds of snow. It's like, you still have to shovel to get your car out of the driveway. It's a mess. It's, um, (laughs) yeah, it is fun for like to have the variety. It's been, yeah, beautiful over in Lakewood too. So did you have um, any more snowballs thrown at your window? Oh my gosh. That was so funny. Uh, I had no more snowballs thrown, but I got in a small snowball fight with my roommate after we chatted, which was fun. Um, <laughs> yeah, both of my roommates live are from cold weather places. And so one of them is from Minnesota and one of them is from Iowa. And so they have been teaching me all the things like you can't let snow sit too long and you've got a shovel and 
uh yep and they've been <laughs> loaning me some gear because I'm very ill-equipped for <laughs> the weather <laughs> but um yeah no more snowballs thrown uh to interrupt conversations that was so funny that happened that yesterday <laughs> um well, Kelsey, what I love about our journeys is that we did not meet through the common connection of sorority. We met through Christian community here in Denver. And so yeah. I, I still want to start as we always do talking about your sorority journey, because I do believe that influences all the steps we take post-grad. So yeah. why don't you just walk us through joining FIMU kind of through yeah. where you're at now and any, or what any relationship you have with sorority looks like now. Yeah, that's a, ooh, how do I summarize that question? <laughs> um, so, well, I, I guess I started um, with FIMU back in 2000, ooh, 2009, which is crazy how long ago that was. Um, and that was my, I guess, freshman year of college. Um, and I had like no real experience or rec recollection of really what um, or insight as to what a sorority can do for you, what that experience would look like. And I remember um, when my parent, I talked to my parents and they first were like, yeah, we want you to rush. We think it would be a great experience for you to meet um, awesome people in college and kind of bring, I went to Florida State um, and it's a pretty large school. So kind of a way to, to make the school a little bit smaller for me. Um, and it was about six and a half hours from home. So I definitely ventured off as far as um, as far as I really could go in the state of Florida with that in-state tuition. So um, with that being said, they were super encouraging um, in, in getting me um, excited and, and kind of allowing me and helping me dive into the sorority experience. So um, that was, gosh, it seems again, like forever ago, but uh, yeah. that was really just kind of the start of what I feel like was such an awesome um, pivot and kind of like set the trajectory for where I am now. Uh, gosh, so many years later, uh, but yeah. It's, yeah, it's been just an incredible journey of um, growth really was the, that was the first time, you know, getting out of high school and getting into a new city and a new place where you didn't know a lot of people. It was the first time I'd met a lot of people with different backgrounds and different life experiences. And um, so many of which are still such um, great friends of mine and have been a huge, a huge, played a huge role in, um, in the confidence that it's given uh, that I've gotten, I guess I should say, in order to start Wear Collective and and other things yeah. I'm doing now. So yeah. I think that confidence piece is something we, or like, it's not talked a lot about the fact that sorority doesn't just build you like a network of safety, mm -hmm. right? Like a protection, but it actually helps you like go to the outside of that network and be more fully yourself and more confident in your own skin and your own skills and your own experiences instead of like hiding in this pack. Because I think sometimes we yeah. look at it as you, when you wear letters, you're just like another one of those women when really mm -hmm. you're actually empowered to be so much more authentic in your own skills and your own exactly. experiences. And I mean, look where it's taken you now. Right. So I, um, how did the, that confidence really influence your next steps after college, would you say? Yeah, that's a good question. So um, in so many ways, I'm trying to think of some, some examples. So I think one of the, the cool things about my experience with FIMU is really um, 
really just being able to have experience with, I was, uh, oh gosh, what was it? Not social chair. Um, I did all, I planned all of the events. I'm trying to blank on the name of what the- Like the activities or- Yeah, so we had formal and semi-formal. So they were roughly like two to 400 people events. And I love events. Totally. Um, I also learned that that's not what I wanted to do for a career because <gasps> it's so high pressure and just um, very detail oriented, which I appreciate having learned all of that. Um, and it, I think being able to get through that- um, not through that, but the, the experience I gathered from that experience um, really just helped me better understand how I operate, kind of what my strengths and weaknesses are. Um, and then really just in conjunction with working with other sisters and through that process of planning and execution and, um, and kind of building out what that looks like, it really taught me a lot about uh, what I really enjoy doing and and helped build that confidence that I can accomplish something really cool and really big, like a 400 person event that's bigger than a lot right. of weddings. And um, it was, I, and I think I was, you know, like 20 at the time. And that's just a really yeah. cool thing. To, when you look back, you're like, wow, that was, that was a cool accomplishment. And I would have never gotten there if I hadn't had the sisters kind of helping me along the way and teaching me. So just like one example of the many ways yeah. of yeah, learning and growing through that process. I think that's so funny because I think I focus so much in the sorority space about transferable skills, about all the things sorority teaches you how to do that apply to the real world. But I didn't even think about the fact that sorority also teaches you and gives you like an initial like trial run at things that you might have zero interest in. Like, yeah, I can pull off a 400 person (laughs) event, but do I want to ever again? Absolutely not. Or recruit it recruitment even like yeah I've learned how to talk to a wall but do I want to professionally like maybe not you know and I think that's a that's really helpful even for me as I think about the work that I do like sorority also teaches you as like gives you a trial run of what maybe we aren't best suited to do even though it like gave you the confidence that you can do it it just might not be your thing yeah yeah, definitely. And it, it also just um, you talking about uh, recruitment and, and being able to talk to a wall and kind of learning how to start conversations yeah. and, and just connect with people. I think that was one thing that was like hugely impactful for my, my career in general. And I, I've kind of always, after school, I went into a corporate role and um, have been, I think, doing a great job and learning a lot and kind of growing in that process with a more of like an outside sales kind of account management role. Yeah. And that is literally what I do on a day-to-day basis pre-pandemic. Of course, now I'm very virtual, but um, typically it's, you know, going and meeting with customers and, and getting yeah. an understanding of what um, what their needs are and how your uh, solutions can help. And just kind of being authentic in that process too, I think is, is really, um, was a really cool experience and definitely something from back in the day that I remember from recruitment and others. Yeah. I think the interpersonal skills that we gain, even if it's through sorority recruitment or leadership experience, working on a team are so applicable to everything else you do after. And I am really excited to talk about, especially that authenticity piece, because honestly, Kelsey, when I met you and when I learned about Wear Collective, I was like, this is just you as a brand. Like your heart just shines so clearly. And I know you're on a team with Hannah, but your heart just shines so clearly through the, the thing you're selling and the 
really community you're creating. And so I'd love for you to talk about like how the authenticity you gained in your sorority experience influenced or played a role in you starting a small business. Yeah. Wow. Thanks for saying that. That's nice to hear. Um, I had a friend recently kind of say a similar thing that it's like my eyes light up when I start talking about it. And it's nice to just have, you know, a mirror in that. Cause I, of course I get excited speaking about where collective right. and our dreams and hopes, but it's nice to have like a sounding board and hear that from, from others. So thanks for saying that. Um, I would say that growing up, I, I always was, um, grateful for kind of like my uniqueness or the way that I think about things in my life experience. And then getting into the sorority just helped kind of solidify that I am unique. Everyone's unique in their own way. And that's a beautiful thing. And um, whether we view certain aspects to ourselves as not necessarily um, a strength or, or even a weakness, it's gave me the confidence to believe that that was those things are put there on purpose and kind of for a purpose. And so that kind of set the, a bit of that foundation. And then fast forward um, up until a couple years ago where my friend Hannah, who you mentioned, actually came out to Denver to visit. Um, she was staying out here for a couple months and she actually roomed with me or we lived together, I should say. So one night um, we went to have a glass of wine and we were just chatting about what our life goals are and uh, both working for a corporate company at the time, uh, we had just decided that we wanted more. We wanted to do more and impact people. And, um, and our faith was growing so much between um, individually, but also kind of together. She, one night we just were like, you know what? We want to do something more. What does that look like? And we realized we both had a similar goal um, to she wanted to have a boutique. I was really interested in sustainable um, fashion, sustainable production of things, and not necessarily just sustainable in a, a green type of way, but more so like sustainable as uh, as in something that can last for for a long time um, and keep um, keep kind of trucking along. And I'll, I'll dive into that in a second. But basically, we kind of came to the conclusion we're like, wait, there's something we can do with this, and let's let's talk about it. So the next day, we laugh because she will, she woke up and she's like, that was so fun last night talking about things. And I was like, yeah, it was, I already signed us up for a business license. And she's like, what, you're actually serious about this? And I was like, I've been searching for someone to go into this adventure with me forever. And it's just one of those, like, you take a step back and you're like, wow, that was specifically planted. She was put into my life yeah. for this reason and many others, um, to come of course, but it was one of those kind of, um, we're actually going to do this. So we started into the process and this was a couple of years ago now. And then it took about a year to kind of build out and frame up. And then a pandemic hit and all the things that kept happening. And, um, and the cool thing is that though it took a long time, it really gave us the space and the time we needed to figure out what we wanted it to really be. And throughout that period of time, we met so many people that helped us along the way. It's been incredible. That's been my favorite part, our favorite part, I should say, of yeah. all of this is just learning from others and hearing um, their tips, tricks, and, and kind of reframing things along the way. So all in all, through those conversations, through uh, personal growth and um, research on our end, we, we really just realized we wanted to start a boutique that also wasn't just about the products. It was really about the mission behind the products. Um, and that's kind of a two-pronged approach. First of all, the brands that we, and products that we support and loop into our online boutique um, is 
based off of either handmade or locally made products or brands that have sort of a positive impact backbone. Um, so a handful of the brands all um, support women as support and also employ women that were um, that have escaped um, human trafficking and sex trafficking. Uh, other brands support um, a dog bandana company that we work with. They donate a portion of their proceeds to vaccinations and and other um, support avenues. So it's it's really cool to not only the brands um, to support the brands that have their own little missions, but we also have one just kind of um, that's our main giving partner with Wear Collective. So a portion of our proceeds go to this incredible organization. Um, I'm talking a lot, so I'm going to try to summarize this. You're doing well, great. This part because it's it's one of those crazy God things again. Um, but we, Hannah and I, sat down and we we're like, what do we want Wear Collective to support? What do we want? what is the most important thing to the two of us? Where is our passion? Because um, there's so, the unfor not unfortunately, but there just are so many things, especially through this process we've learned that we took a step back and we just, we prayed on it and we really, um, we made a list of all the things that were important and we kind of worked together to figure out where there were um, uh, similar passions. And um, it turns out that it was really just trying to give children a voice that don't and support that don't have that. And um, long story short, an through another series of events, we ended up meeting this wonderful um, couple through a friend of mine. Her aunt was actually an orphan um, out of Greece and was adopted by a family in America. Um, she's been just the most, um, really her and her husband, George, have just been the biggest mentors and the sweetest um, support for Hannah and I through this process. And so um, they they actually started an organization in Greece as well that um, gives financially, medically, emotionally, spiritually to these children in Greece that don't have stable parental figures. And that's important to Hannah and I, um, especially because of my background, my mom is from Greece and my family is still over there. So there's just this um, kind of complete partnership that uh, that's just been such a blessing for us. And it's really brought the business from being an online boutique to really just this mission at the end of the day is all, all we really wanna do is connect people, um, provide impact to our brands and in a platform for our brands to, to thrive. And then also give back to these kids through this organization called Benjamin Child Support Society. So it's been just the most fun, challenging, and honestly, very, and you know this probably, but how, how much did you expect your, your endeavor to be so vulnerable? You have to be so vulnerable to start your own anything. It's yeah. crazy. It threw us up for a loop. <laughs> that's a, that's a really interesting perspective because I think a lot of times we look at entrepreneurship or just professionalism is in general as very guarded mm -hmm. and um polished and you know we like think about it at, like on a pedestal almost yeah. when at the end of the day I know very few entrepreneurs that start things they don't have an incredible passion for you know especially yeah. like female entrepreneurs, those that I have worked with, they've identified a problem that they care about. If that's sustainable fashion or sorority programming, and they're like, okay, we've got to, we've got to do this better because it's part of my story. It's part of your mm -hmm. story to a certain extent. And I have found time and time again, how, how vulnerable I feel in this because 
so much of my heart and my passion gets tied up in what I'm providing and what I'm offering, you know? And so it's just really interesting to hear you use that word because podcast episode, I want to say less than a month ago had me in tears because of the content, what we're talking about, right? It's that close to home. It matters that much to me. And yeah, it just hit a sensitive chord. Wasn't prepared to talk about it that way. My intern <laughs> listened to it before we published it. And she was like, so where did you think this episode was going? And I'm like, girl, I don't even know. <laughs> By the end of it, it was so wrapped up in my own personal story. And I, and I yeah. don't think, well, I think it's really important as entrepreneurs to separate who you are as a person from what you do. I think that's really important. At the end of the day, you're never going to be able to take your heart out of your work. Mm-hmm. Your identity, for sure. You, your, your worth is never going to be a product of what you produce or what you achieve or what you, how you fail, whatever. That's not it. But you can't take your heart and your passion out of the things that you do. And so, yeah, I don't know. Maybe, maybe that's another thing that we like. You and I took from our sorority experience, right? Like, not only do we take confidence and take that into the work we do, but we also take that authentic relationships. And I don't Mm -hmm. think authenticity can thrive without vulnerability. So yeah, well said, I couldn't agree more. Yeah. So why don't we dive a little bit more into where collective, because you gave us like tons of like hints (laughs) in like, there's a lot of different vendors that you work with, that you sell from, you work with another team member, you have a philanthropy that you give to what is Wear Collective? One of the, the main kind of driving goals for Wear Collective really is to invite others in. That's part of the name. So Wear comes from W or it's W-H-E-R-E. And that concept is kind of like, where are the artisans? Where are you impacting? Where, um, where can this influence and encourage people? Um, and also just kind of where do you call home? So I know that sounds silly, but with Hannah um, being based out of Tampa and I'm based out of Denver, and as you know, going on a, a bit of a traveling adventure, so where I will be, I'm not sure, uh, but it's it's kind of just um, become this sort of overarching way of connecting people through through products, which seems, again, it's silly because the products are, they're of course, super fun. They're um, mostly gifts and accessories, home goods, things that you would think to give a friend or um, or even treat yourself with candles, jewelry, all sorts of things like that. But it's more than that. It's more of how do I, through my purchase, through my, my, my financial spending, how do I then have um, an impact on other people? So that's kind of been the most fun part of it all is really just understanding how um, how we invite our customers and our collective into it all. Um, so the, I would say without teasing too much, but um, the boutique and the online shop is sort of phase one uh, for Wear Collective. Phase two, where, where that's part of my traveling upcoming is to really be able to connect with people like you and other women that are in um, an entrepreneurial journey of their own, whether that's whatever that looks like. And um be able to connect and learn from each other. Like I said, that my, our favorite part of all of this has just been meeting new, uh, new different people and, and just kind of watching God. If you take a step back, it's like, it's fun to kind of watch God just put all of these pieces in, in place. Um, and I'm just super excited to see what that looks like 
uh, down the road. And I guess phase three of all of that is hopefully having our own um, in-person retail kind of multi-purpose space. Yeah. So that's kind of, um, if you think like Etsy meets farmer's market meets coffee shop meets like a versatile space to com- commune together and meet um, meet other people and connect. So that's the long-term vision. I would say five years or so, we'll stay tuned on that. But I, uh, yeah. <laughs> I love that. I love that. I, I can see myself like driving over and co-working there and yes. um, with a latte and maybe <laughs> a little shopping afterwards. I'm in, that sounds yes. awesome. Yeah. So that's kind of the, the end goal, but for now we're really just focusing on finding new vendors to support and, and curating really a, an online shop that um, encourages our collective and others to, to think about purchasing with an impact versus just purchasing from um, alternative spots and in places Mm. and thinking about where that how that impacts others um, is kind of the space we're trying to create so I love that oh purchasing with an (laughs) impact I think that's so powerful so I'm curious and this might tell me if this is a stretch but especially in your relationship with Hannah like this common vision that you guys were able to come together with pulling from both of your passions. Mm -hmm. How do you see like sisterhood incorporated into where, or you're just entrepreneurial journey in general, as you're looking to connect with other women on their own entrepreneurial journeys. Tell me a little bit about where you see sisterhood or like women's empowerment playing into what you do. Totally. And I think that that is um, one one part of that answer would be centered around Hannah and we're collective. And the other part too is how I think even thinking back on how my sorority sisters, the ones that I um, there's a, there's a really good handful of us that are still really really close, and the role that they've played in all of it too has been um, really really moving. Um, so Hannah and I are very. In some ways, we're super similar. In other ways, we're, we're polar opposites. Um, and we kind of function a little differently, too. I'm, I'm a little bit more of like, I'll just call her with a random idea. And she appreciates it. And she, But her mind goes into the tact, tact, uh, tactical way of executing it. So we've kind of learned. And, and I think I've learned, I learned this a lot through my sorority um, experience at FSU is uh, how do you how do you navigate when you have different ways of looking at things? And everyone sees life through a different lens. Um, the Enneagram has taught me a lot about that as well, which has been really helpful. Uh, but just being able to navigate through partnerships and working together and, and compromising um, and also just effectively communicating with each other where, where we're at and how we're feeling, what we're thinking and, um, and how we look at things has been very, very helpful in that process. Um, actually, about a month ago, Hannah came out to Denver and we had, we blocked off everything for this weekend and we had ourselves a vision session for Wear Collective, which was incredible. That's um, when I met Hannah, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yep. We had the game night um, and that was, yep, that was Friday night. And then we, Saturday morning, that's why we left early. Actually, we wanted to get a bright and early start on um, our little vision session. So we- I love uh, that. Yeah, we just, we did an exercise where we wrote out all of these um, on little post-its, all of the ideas that we have, all of the things that we want to talk through that day. And then we prioritize them and organize them. And at the end of it, it was like 
everything that just seemed like spaghetti when we went into it was just a clear path and what um, what we should do next and where we should prioritize things. So that's where phase two and three came from. Um, but I would say that that has been just kind of learning how to navigate with a different, another person involved. I mean, um, that was something very, very um, impactful and helpful through my sorority life. And then um, also just recognizing that there's beauty in looking at things differently. So a lot of, um, I'm thinking about this. So in December, we had a pop-up, uh, our first in-person pop-up with Wear Collective, which was incredible to get that um, real life tangible experience and feedback from friends, family, strangers, and, and new friends, I should say. Uh, but it was really, really sweet because that was in Florida. Um, going to Florida State, a lot of my sorority sisters still live in, in the area. And the second I put it out there that we were going to do this, it was like 15 of them or so congregated. And they're like, we're going to do a Wear Collective weekend. And they centered an entire weekend around our pop-up um, market wow. at this little coffee and wine shop. And it was just like, I mean, almost 10 years later, and there's this overwhelming support from these girls that I would have never met if I hadn't gone through that process. And um, I just remember we were at the pop-up and I see see my girls just walking up down the sidewalk and just like full, I mean, just an indescribable support and excitement mm. for our business. And it was just one of those moments you take a step back and you're like, wow, I'm so lucky to have these kinds of women in my life. and. Um, and they've, they've really kind of helped along the way too. focus groups, feedback, yeah. all of the above. It's they're, they're like our little wear collective wing women in a way and just kind of helping oh us my get gosh. to where we want to be. So <laughs> I love that. Oh, well, I, I love that for so many reasons, because I think in college, we, at, at least through recruitment, we think we needed like be some cookie cutter sorority woman, like to be a yeah. FIMU, I have to act like all these other FIMUs mm -hmm. when really FIMU was good on that personality type. If you're seeing an abundance of it, right. If anything, they're like needing some balance. And so when I think about, yeah. and I hear you talk about you and Hannah about how you're similar in some ways and how you're very different in others, like that's so healthy in friendship and business and mm -hmm. envisioning a future and uh, professional path, because if you are both strong in the same areas, there's going to be a huge void, a huge gap in things that aren't being taken care of or aren't yeah. being prioritized or whatever that looks like in your specific field. And yeah. I, I just love hearing that. And I also think so often when we join sorority, we see a deadline. We see graduation as I only have four years of this when yeah. really here you are, like you said, like 10 years out since you joined seeing women come alongside you and support your endeavors long after that deadline that we set for ourselves, you know? Yeah. Um, I just think that's so sweet. Thanks. I, yeah. And one thing too, to, that's totally worth mentioning is that a lot of these women are the most driven girls, women that I know. And I think that as much as it's great to have their support with what I and Hannah are doing with Wear Collective, it's also just incredible to have them as role models in a way. I mean, yeah, to see them succeed in their careers and their personal lives and spiritual, just so many things that I see them succeed with just continues to encourage me as well. And I think we kind of have that, um, 
it's almost like a symbiotic relationship and in, in encouraging each other and others and others through the sorority too. We have a lot of, um, you know, younger girls, my little, my grand little, all of yeah. them go up the ladder, all of the above. It's just, right. um, it's just this crazy, cool connection that you just, I, I, I don't know. It's just, it's really sweet. I'm really appreciative oh. of it. Yeah. I love that. And I, I love sharing stories like this on the podcast because I don't think sometimes we have the, the foresight or the, I don't know if it's foresight or just perspective to see the long-term impact of sorority. And when you're seeing it play out and women are literally living that experience, it's so powerful. So I'm really glad we get to like share this example with other women who are going to listen um, and create those experiences and be those wing women for whatever <laughs> company that their friends go start. I mean, this week alone has been so humbling for me to see my friends support. And I mean, I had a friend text me in all caps day, happy uncharted week with our, a photo with a hat that she bought from um, our, our, event merchandise. And it was just so sweet, right? Like, I don't know the, I think so often we think that we have to like do these big, incredible things alone or navigate new seasons of life alone. And there's just, that's just not the case. That's not what sorority was designed to do. And that's not how we were designed to thrive as women or entrepreneurs. So it's really cool to hear examples of that. Yeah. it's funny you say that too, even just like the subtle text from a friend. And I just think that those little things are almost as impactful as the big things too. I think sometimes yeah. in the entrepreneurial world or, um, or even just in the world we live in today, I think there's this concept of like, I was talking to a friend about this the other day, this like should be mentality. Like you, mm. I, looking back at my 21 year old self, when I graduated college and, and moved on from that world, I, I probably would have thought I I should be at this place, or I should be at this point in my career, I should be married with kids, or, you know, I should have traveled to 50 countries, I don't know, Um, all of these, like, the world telling us that there's a place that we should be at, and this progress that we should make, these boxes that we should check, and I think, um, I think that it's taken a lot to of learning and growth and conversations with friends, sisters, all of the above that sometimes it's not about all the big things. It's not always about these groundbreaking successes or um, doing what, what we all think we should be doing, but it could be even just the little things like checking in on a sister or friend along the way and just having those conversations and those connections. Um, I, yeah, I think that it's, it's a nice reminder. This is such a fresh conversation from with a friend, but um, that we're all where we're supposed to be. And it, it doesn't necessarily need to be something showy or big or um, crazy cool to, to make it a really impactful and, and growth focused season. So um, yeah, I don't know. Some sisters and friends have helped that kind of frame up along the way, but it's been a really, really nice reminder. I don't know. Do you, do you feel that way too? Like this kind of, I don't know. So I turned 25 two weeks ago now, almost two weeks ago. I don't know. Time is weird. (laughs) Um, I think it was two weeks ago and 
I don't know if it was growing up or in the past five years, I thought to myself, I'm going to something big for my 25th birthday. When I turn 25, mm-hmm. I'm going to get a bunch of my friends and go to San Diego or <laughs> I don't know. I just like had these, like, I don't know what it was going to be, but it was going to be big when I turned 25. And ob- as many people know, I've gone through a, a pretty intense series of life transitions in the past four months. And mm-hmm. as January and February were happening, I was like, I am not in a place emotionally or even like realistically, the world is not even in a place for me to take some big trip, coordinate with all of my friends. I think this is supposed to be like a more settled season, kind of like you were talking about a more, um, like an internally reflective birthday. And I was already planning uncharted. I was already planning this big sorority summit to celebrate my company's first year, which is March 19th. Um, just a few days after this will air. Um, but I was like, I don't really know what that's going to look like for my birthday. And we ended up like launching merchandise on that day for the event and really like celebrating her sorority journey along with my birthday. But I don't know. I, I, I hear what you're saying. And I think I've been in that place before of, I should be, I should be in a certain place. I should feel a certain way about things. And I think that's a place I was in for a long time last year, especially starting the company. I had really high expectations and was often like disappointed with where I was or where I thought I should be. And I know, I think it, it just took like a really difficult series of hard decisions or really trying series of hard decisions to kind of realign with validating where I'm supposed to be Mm -hmm. and taking the steps I need to be where I'm supposed to be. If that's within my control, I think there's some things that happen that are outside of our control and Mm -hmm. put us in a place that is far from where we want to be. And we have to just like push through it. But I think there's other things that happen in our life that like we have gotten ourselves into and we Mm -hmm. have to be like, no, I'm actually not going to allow that boundary to be crossed in my life, or I'm not going to allow this decision to continue playing a role in me being far from where I want to be. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I think that's what I've really learned, especially in 2021, like these past three months for me, have been super eye-opening to be, yeah, really humbly aware of the decisions that I've made and how those have been influencing my lack of contentment with where I want to be. Yeah. And sometimes I think those big life changes are when things really just like shift. I don't know. I, for me, I, there was a, a pretty major life change as well on a long-term relationship that, um, that ended and it ended in like a, the best way, honestly, you can ask for a long-term relationship to end. It was very mutual and, um, yeah, we ended in a good spot, but it still didn't mean that it wasn't crazy hard and weird and a total paradigm shift of what I was used to. And so, um, sometimes I think it just, you kind of, those types of scenarios can kind of shift your, shift your life in the best way. And I will say that it's been one of my, two of my favorite years, (laughs) I should say, um, Mm. of my entire life and just this crazy amount of growth and introspective, um, and kind of, yeah, just really trying to figure out who I am and what my identity is. And, um, and a lot of that's led to my faith growth and it's just been an awesome journey. So, um, And I think that just 
roping or looping the, the sorority sisters back into that. I think that um, having friends that were, were knew me from a long time ago um, in college and kind of watching that journey progress until now, it's, um, it's just, it's a nice mirror to have and, and um, kind of a temperature check along the way. And the encouragement is just, it comes from a different place than a friend you've met recently or, um, or don't have that kind of stronger foundation with like a sisterhood. So it's always lovely to have them along the way. <laughs> yeah. And it makes me think of what we were talking about earlier, right? With vulnerability being such a big part of entrepreneurship. I think I really fought for a long time that some of my big life changes couldn't play a role in the work that I was doing. And I, that podcast episode that I referenced earlier that just like had me in tears a few weeks ago was I think a really humbling moment for me to be like, actually, I can't separate my life events and the transition that I've experienced from the work I'm doing, especially that, that is so connected to and seeking to help women embrace their authenticity more, right? In the same way that your gifts and services and connections and community is helping women, I don't know, like really celebrate themselves and celebrate those around them. And you can't do that and remove your relationship to that. So I don't know. I just, I think sisterhood plays a big role in it and also how you process things. We can't separate the two. I couldn't agree more. Yeah. So I guess on that note, and you've kind of alluded to it. And so I don't know if this is the same answer you'll give, but earlier you were talking about like thinking about your 19, 20 year old self and what she would have thought 29 year old Kelsey, where she would have thought 29 year old Kelsey would be looking back with all the experience and all of the, like, I don't know, like lived successes. And I hear like alignment, like you talk about these last two years being some of the best years of your life. Like what would you have told your college self about the opportunity to like start your own business or like pave your own path after college? (laughs) There's so many things, but I would say the overarching kind of probably ties into that should be concept and, and not to be, um, not to put any, how do I phrase this? There's a, there's a verse that always just kind of comes to, um, comes to my mind as many, many other plans on a person's heart, but it's the Lord's purpose that will prevail. And, um, I think that that's been a harder thing for me to comprehend and really, um, grasp and, and believe in, um, and just kind of find trust in because I used to be so focused on accomplishments and plans and making sure that I am where I'm going to be and I'll set these goals and I want to reach those. And, and the second I even come close to achieving a goal, I've already set the other one, which I think goal setting right. is a good thing. Um, I still do it, but I don't, I don't root my identity in the accomplishment of that goal. And I think that's been a really, um, a really great lesson that I've learned recently in the past couple of years is your identity and your worth is not, not centered around um, necessarily your accomplishments and your achievements. 
Um, it's also kind of reframes the way that I look at success. I have a friend that um, recently asked me what my version of success is. Um, and, and it kind of ties in to your question of what would I tell my, my younger yeah. self. And I think it's, um, it's just give myself the space and the time and the freedom to formulate especially because I'm a nine on the Enneagram. So I've sometimes troubled de determining what's my opinion yeah. and what I've just brought on from others. Um, so just to kind of give myself that space and that time to, to figure out what's most important to me, what I value the most, not what other people do. And for me, what I've realized um, somewhat recently is what I really value is connection with others and um, better understanding what they what they want to accomplish, what they want to achieve and how I can maybe play a role in that or encourage them along the way. And I think mm. that works in, it's a two-way street. And, um, and I think that I would tell myself back then, try to take the time to figure out what's important to you. And if that is connection, if that is community and people, immerse yourself in that and don't, don't mm. shy back from that and, and shy away from it. Um, and if you're lucky enough to make a career out of something you're super passionate about and that you feel like is on your heart, then lean into that more than, more than you can. And I think that that's still um, our time. Our where collective is, like I said, phase one. We've got phase two. We've got phase three. Phase God only knows what's after that. But I am just so appreciative that we have some sort of platform and avenue to encourage people along the way, whether that's encouraging our customers and our collective or encouraging the vendors, the artists and what, whatever they're passionate about, because everyone has something they're passionate about. Um, totally. I think just being able to give yourself space, time to, to find that out um, and then lean into it as much as you, you can. And I think sometimes I don't like to set goals or plans that I don't know that I can accomplish that seem out of reach or seem yeah. unattainable because I don't like to fail. But now that I've kind of reassessed what I view as success and failure or what I really root my identity in, which isn't necessarily accomplishments anymore, it's more of my faith. So, um, being able to kind of separate those things and really just go all in without fear of failure. I really think that that's the, at the end of the day, what I would have told myself, because I think fear paralyzes people sometimes. Um, it definitely does to me. So just kind of removing that, recognizing it's not all on us to, to at least that's how I view it, um, to, to succeed and, and to get that version of success. So um, yeah, releasing, letting go, giving yourself freedom to fail, to learn from it, all of the above. Yeah. I'm really glad that that's what we're ending on because as we celebrate small business, right? I'm so excited that where gets to be a part of Uncharted, obviously yeah. Uncharted is celebrating one year of her sorority journey. I, I, I think that's the fear is probably the biggest reason people don't step out or take more risks or pursue what sets their soul on fire. If that is mm -hmm. a structured career path, or if that's paving one of your own. And I really hope that resonates with some woman that's listening today to be really empowered in her own path in her own opportunities and allow the unknown to fuel curiosity and research and opportunity, but not shut down because of it. So yeah. thank you so much for yeah. joining us today and just being a part of our community. We love you. And yeah, I'm just so glad we got to, 
one, introduce you to our community <laughs> and two, make you a part of Uncharted. Like I'm so excited um, for the big little pair that's going to win yes. your earring set. Yes, I am so appreciative, Cassie. This has been so fun for me. And I'm, I really hope that, um, that all of these women find something beautiful and inspiring through your, your summit this weekend. And I know it's going to be incredible. You're doing an awesome job with your business and I'm honored to be alongside of you throughout the process. And, um, and then also hopefully, um, hopefully the big little that win the pairing and the giveaway, um, there's also going to be a donation component to our giving partner, Benjamin, that I mentioned. So we're really excited about that and, um, and more to come on the wear collective front. So thanks again for inviting me on and I um, will be uh, sending good vibes and prayers your way for this weekend. <laughs> Thanks. We appreciate it. Regardless of the career path you aspire to take after you graduate from college or the career path you're on currently as an alumna, I want to encourage you that your network of sisters and the relationships you form, the skills you've developed in college are not just for the four-year collegiate membership experience. That network follows you. The confidence you built serves you after graduation. If you're starting a small business or pursuing a more structured role, you are going to be set apart because of your sorority membership. I hope Kelsey's story of how her sorority sisters carved out a weekend to spend celebrating her small business and this pop-up shop she hosted encourages you. And I hope it motivates you to invest even deeper in the relationships while they are so much more convenient than they are after graduation. We love you, sister. Thank you again for being loyal listeners of the Your Sorority Journey podcast. We hope to celebrate with you this weekend at Uncharted and see you enter to win some of those giveaways. You might just end up with those earrings Kelsey's company is giving away. See you soon. Thanks for tuning in to the Your Sorority Journey podcast this week. If this episode left you with any guidance or confidence to navigate your sorority membership, we would love to hear from you. Share a screenshot of this episode on your Instagram story and tag her sorority journey so we can know what resonated with you. Also, be sure to leave a review wherever you listen so more sister friends can find this guidance just like you. Here for you always, sister. 